Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, the podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Pivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Over the past few years, the International Actuarial Association has developed a number of international standards of actuarial practice, known more commonly as ISAPs. The CIA and the Actuarial Standards Board have been following the development of the ISAPs closely to determine how they should be incorporated into Canadian guidance. One of these is ISAP 6, which covers enterprise risk management. And joining us today is Mario Robotai, chair of the ASB designated group responsible for the development of ERM standards. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. So up until now, we have not had any standards addressing the topic of enterprise risk management. So what are the reasons for now including it? Yeah, well, you're right. There's uh, currently in our Canadian standards of practice that we don't have anything on enterprise risk management. I'd say that one of the strong arguments that goes in favor of including ISAP 6 on enterprise risk management is the fact that while well, enterprise risk management has taken a growing importance as an area of practice within the Canadian actuaries field. I'd say over the last decade, we've seen this increase and more formally, we've seen the insurance companies, banking companies as well, uh, introduce formal programs. And we see more and more of these programs going in other industries as well. So clearly, uh, we see a growing interest in the Canadian Institute of Actuaries, the committees, new committees have been created. So clearly, we felt that uh, it was a good time at this moment to introduce such a standard within our standards of practice. Okay, I understand that both ISAP 5 and ISAP 6 were included in the work of your designated group. So can you tell us what each of those cover and why are we focusing more on number six at this time? Well, uh, let's start with ISAP 5. ISAP 5 uh, is called the Insurer Enterprise Risk Models, and uh, whereas ISAP 6 is on the Enterprise Risk Management Programs. So the mandate of our designated group was to make a recommendation to the actual standard board to determine their appropriateness uh, as to be included within our standards. So ISAP 5 uh, being on models, uh, you know, we already have in place within our standards something that cover models. So when we looked at it, we saw that it was very much similar in content to what we already have in place. So given that the recommendation that we made was, well, there, there was no need actually to implement this one given what we already had in place. So quickly we came to that recommendation and the conclusion was that, that there was no need to go further on this front. As far as ISAP 6 goes, ISAP 6 on enterprise risk management, as I mentioned earlier, uh, given the evolution of the practice there, we felt that it was a positive to, to go and uh, go forward on this front. I'd say, uh, apart from the growing importance, one other element that uh, we uh, we considered and that we discussed as a designated group was the fact that uh, having a standard for actuaries, we felt that it was a, a positive in the industry. And compared to other non-actuaries practicing in the field, we felt that it was uh, something that would be seen positively by uh, uh, external clients. So uh, certainly we discussed that at length within the designated group, like I said, but also with other committees, subcommittees within the Institute of Actuaries. So uh, in the end, after that consultation, uh, we felt that our position was clear to go further and propose that exposure draft to be included within our standards. So if we compare this proposed new section in the standards, how does it look compared to ISAP 6? Is it similar or different or? 
Yeah, well, I would say for the most part, it's uh, quite similar in content. We've made some few adjustments, but there are two elements, two uh, more uh, bigger adjustments that we've made and that are worth explaining. Uh, The first one is relative to the scope. We want to make sure that it is not too broad and that it really relates to uh, actuaries being involved in the enterprise risk management program itself. When we think of actuaries, we all often call ourselves risk management, risk managers, and uh, we just wanted to make sure that it's not all the work, every type of work being done by actuaries that have to follow this enterprise risk management section. So that's, I would say, the first element. The second change that we've made is related to the fact that the ISAP 6 is specific to insurance companies. As I mentioned earlier, we see a growing positioning in terms of actuaries practicing in pension plans, banking, also insurance companies, but other industries. So given that involvement in different industries, we wanted to make sure that it's not insurance specific and that it covers the work of actuaries in any industry, wherever they may work. In the end, we want to make that new section in the standard of practice and want it to be a foundation for other standard of practice relative to risk management that could be included in the future. Great. Uh, What else can you tell us about the content in this new section of the standards? Yeah, well, I I will do a quick overview of the content. So um, two two sections uh, within this standard of practice. The first one relates to the scope that I just explained. And the second one is a more general section, which is broken down within four different subsections. The first subsection is called circumstances affecting the work, so considerations of elements required by regulation. So what's in there is basically anything that relates to considerations on requirements for risk management policies, for risk tolerance statements, covers as well uh, regulatory capital where it applies for the industries where it applies. It talks about own risk and solvency assessment, which is an important tool in risk in enterprise risk management. And it also uh, gives different considerations for proportionality in respect of the nature, the scale and the complexity of the operations. The second subsection is called identification assessment and management of risks. Basically, it describes what I would call the typical risk management process. So here we're talking about the risk identification, the measurement, the mitigation strategies, the reporting of risk. So it provides more details on expectations there for actuaries. The third subsection is the risk management at the enterprise level. So it talks about the aggregation of risks and the enterprise level view that uh, the actuary should have whenever working within an ERM program. And the last subsection is called the own risk and solvency assessment, typically referred as ORSA. And here in that section, it describes the key consideration when performing an ORSA, uh, which again is a very important tool within any ERM program. All right, let's wrap up by just discussing the steps from here until implementation. What happens now leading up to this section formally being adopted to be part of the standards? So first, uh, the comment period uh, ending on September 30 is, uh, I would say, the first step, followed by, uh, well, based on the comments that we will receive, depending on the nature of the comments, we could expect the final publication of the standard, uh, this new section, uh, before the end of the year. And then the plan is to have that standard being effective no later than June 30, 
2023 with early implementation being allowed. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us today to talk about this new section of the standards. Thank you, Chris. We now have over 100 episodes in our podcast series going back over the past three years, so we encourage you all to subscribe, and you can do that through whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And we'd like to hear from you, so if you have any suggestions or episode ideas, you can send them to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. And we're always looking for new content to post on our Seeing Beyond Risk blog, so if you have some ideas that you would like to share, please contact us at seeingbeyondrisk at cia-ica.ca. And we've recently launched a new site covering all of the exciting changes we are making to the CIA qualification requirements. You can reach that at www.education.cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.